Hey guys, this is Ashley and Russ, and you're listening to She Wolf Alchemy. And today we are doing an episode of Questions Nobody Asked Us. Yes, this is our first Questions That Nobody Asked Us of 2024. So this is like special. Um, but okay, the first question. Me and my partner have been together for over six years and been living together for three years. A student who attends university three days a week and works for another two days. My partner only works two days a week. It would be too long to explain how we afford rent, but let's just say we are fortunate due to his father's income. Meaning my partner can work two days a week and afford to pay bills. My partner wants to be a DJ slash musician, but has failed to provide a decent income due to it being a difficult industry and also sometimes isn't motivated to create anything or try to get in contact with any bars or clubs. Can I ask him to give up his dream and get a full-time job in something that may not relate to music? Often I find myself jealous that he only works two days a week and I find myself looking at other relationships where their partner buys gifts and they both go on holiday or are doing up their house. None of these things we can do because we can't afford it. I asked him to consider music college again as he attended it a while back, but left after a year. There is another college he could attend, but he says it's too far away to travel. It's an hour away. Is he being lazy? Am I wrong to ask him to consider under other options now? Is it just me being jealous of how easy he has it? So my first thought is like, you're not feeling jealousy, you're feeling resentment. <laughs> you're feeling resentment. Um, yeah, because you want more out of your relationship and you're kind of just not getting it. Um, and resentment is dangerous for relationships. It is a silent killer. So all, the things, all the things that you don't talk about and that you brood over and you mull over, like resentment lives in those spaces. Um, my other thought on this is I'm a firm believer that some people got the juice and some don't like, honestly, some people have some get up and go and are self-motivated and are going to try new things. And some folks are really just going to coast any chance they get. Um, and it sounds like your partner's a coaster daddy, whatever daddy does takes care of the bills. He ain't got to work full time. He ain't going to work full time. (laughs) He doesn't want to, um, I feel like he didn't become this way overnight. You know, I feel like he was cool with it when you didn't have to pay all, you ain't paying no bills. It sounds like, I mean, I'm for real. Like on the one hand, you're not paying any bills and you seem fine with it. You just mad cause you, you in school and working. Um, but also I get that it's frustrating when you feel like, man, I'm, I feel like I'm really doing something to try to build my life here. And it doesn't look like you're really trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, he, he probably isn't um, because yes, the music career is probably hard to get into, but you also said here, he don't even try to contact nobody. I'm not sure how you can be a DJ or musician without anyone to play your music for. Um, it's very, very challenging. Um, and so are you wrong for asking them to consider other options? I would say no. I don't think there's anything wrong with having like real talk conversations with your partner. I think in any safe relationship you should be able to have that conversation like hey bud what we doing you know (laughs) or just in general talking about your goals as a couple and where this is going and maybe that'll help you realign as opposed to comparing because again comparison is just not the way it is the thief of joy so looking at what other couples are doing and what they have going on that just again leads to more resentment 
maybe talk to your partner and figure out what his goals actually are. What are y'all goals as a couple? His might be to continue to chill and work a couple days out the week and play around on his keyboard. That might be life for him. Is that the life that you want? Is that what interests you? Or do you want gifts and holidays? And being with someone else is not guaranteed that you have those things. So there's neither here nor there. <laughs> but, but if you if you guys sit and you talk and you realize that you have two totally different visions for where this relationship is going and what your future looks like, then maybe you have some decisions to make. But I certainly don't think there's wrong with anything with having a conversation, being frank with someone and just kind of being like, hey, what are you gonna do here? Um, and again, it, it sounds like you got a coaster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like Ashley said, I yeah, this is resentment and it's building up and you definitely want to talk to him about it. My biggest thing is, is he any good? Let's start there. Is he any good? Like mm-hmm. we all seen the memes of like people doing the mic challenge and like I'll be making it out the hood. And we've also seen the other versions of them being like, I gotta get a plan B. Is he any good? Let's let's start there. Um, but I think have the conversation. I don't think there's anything wrong with having that conversation, but also understand that that can lead to resentment for him. If he feels the need of, I have to give up my dream because I love this person and they're starting to resent me. So now let me go be an accountant. And now they're resenting you because I gave up my dreams for you. And now every time you do something wrong, I gave up my dreams for you. That's a real thing. And you have to be okay with that as well, knowing that that might be one of the outcomes for it. I actually was in a very similar situation. I was in a relationship with somebody who uh, wanted to be involved in music. And this is when I was young. And they were good. They were really good. They were really talented. They came up like during the MySpace days and they had like lots of downloads or whatever, whatever. And they were good. And this was somebody who was getting opportunities dropped in their lap and would do nothing with it. Nothing. They had networked with somebody who was like a part of um, an indie film that needed um, some music and they had reached out to them. Like they were having meetings and everything. And I'm like, well, did you follow up with them? Did you ask what the next meeting is? They'll email me. They would email and be like, okay, let's set up a time and would not respond. If they were serious about setting up a time, they would have gave me a time. And I would just be like, what are we? Some ATL rappers have reached out to them for some of his beats. I'll get around to doing it. Just did not have the motivation. And it drove me crazy. Because also, I was in school at the time. I was working hard. I was working part-time, going to school, doing internships. And it became very apparent to me that they were okay with settling. Like, they were okay with, we got a roof over our head. We got a car. and get some beers on the weekend. I'm cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, that's not how my brain's set up. Like, I'm very much a doer. I'm very much a, what's the next five-year plan? What we about to do? Whatever, whatever. And we did have to sit down and have that discussion. And basically, at the end of the discussion, what came about was we had different life goals and we had different motivations and we had different ideas of like what a good life meant. And I didn't ask him to give up his dream because he was good at it. I was just like, can you move towards it? 
Right. If you could just actually do the things. He had somebody that wanted to take him on tour. And he was like, three months is a long time to just be traveling. And I was like, I can't with the... <laughs> I had a conversation with a friend recently who told me that was like, I think you just get frustrated because um, what were they saying to me? Oh, I was saying, cause another friend has mentioned something to me and I was like, they, I was like, I don't know. Cause they're saying, they think I get mad when people don't do what I say. And I was like, so maybe that's the thing I need to work on. And she was like, no, you get frustrated with laziness. She was like, anything that you consider lazy when you're like you, there's things you can do. And a person comes to you and they were telling me like, this is why I don't tell you anything if I'm not ready to move on it. But you would get frustrated. It was like, I know if I have an issue that I'm not ready to work on, like, don't tell rest. Rest mm. is annoyed because you're like, you're going to immediately be like, oh, cool. So we can do A, B, C. And if the, a, the minute a person is just like, I want to sit in it, you get very annoyed with them. Be like, all right, I ain't talking to you. Right, <laughs> in your little fucking feelings. <laughs> Which is true. Mm-hmm. I definitely, definitely do that. Um, but I say all that to say, like, one, you need to figure out if this is something that you can deal with. For me, it was a matter of, you know what, that my personality type, that I'm going to be able to be okay with you, me being with somebody that is not ambitious, that's not a hard worker, that's not like, okay, team, let's get it. And it sounds like this is what your partner is on. And then we need to make some decisions on, oh, are we okay with that? Mm-hmm. Because it's not just money. Like right now, it's money and so forth. But when you graduate mm-hmm. and you're starting to make money and now y'all can go on vacations maybe, y'all can, it's going to create other things because then it's going to be, I'm doing quite a lot. Mm-hmm. You're not. It's going to be, I am growing in these ways. I'm networking. I'm meeting new folks. I'm expanding. And you are not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so have the conversation but also I, before having the conversation i was settled in my mind what are what is my standard of living and what i can and cannot deal with in partnership and then go into that conversation <clears throat> i think too i think sometimes we don't think about how long a relationship can really last mm-hmm. you know like because i fell into this trap with someone where it was like when we first met it was cute it was fun like it, it was no big deal to me that their goals were different from mine. And then it was three years later and it was like, wow, we really, we've been in this. <laughs> and we could potentially be in this another three years, six years, however many, because there also weren't big enough problems for us to really just be like, I hate you and I'm leaving you. And <laughs> can I just say briefly, I'm going to let you get in your point, but that is something I really want us to get away with. And I really want to start having conversations with our children. Like you can leave relationships and it mm-hmm. does not have to be because something happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have girlfriends that I have this conversation with now where they're just like, well, no, he's a good guy. And so mm-hmm. you're not happy. Y'all want different things. Mm-hmm. Why yeah. are we still trying to make this work just because he did not cheat? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He did not hit you. <laughs> like no for real because that's what i was like it wasn't any and it's also harder when it's like well he's not really doing anything that he hadn't been doing you know i kind of knew he was this way kind of knew he was a pothead and wasn't gonna do much else (laughs) but i don't know i think i had i I don't know again just 
didn't think, didn't envision the future. And when I really started envisioning that future, I was like, oh no, this is not, we're going to be eating cereal every day because we're going to be broke. And then that that man started talking about having kids. Where, where they going to be? What are we going to, and really started envisioning that future and was like, I can't do this. I can't do this with you. (laughs) Like I literally cannot. And had to go ahead and let that thing go. And that was when I also learned and I just I said some people got the juice and some don't because I was hustling and bustling. Look. And I was trying to drag that man to greatness with me. And he was not coming. Okay. <laughs> he was weighing me down and kicking his heels. As I'm like, well, wh- when you was a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Help me help you. <laughs> it's just not. It's just not, and that's just not what you want. And also, I do want to know because we, you know, we are hitting the guys kind of hard. Women can be bummy too. Yeah. And it, and honestly, I think it gets disguised a little bit more because men have the ex- expectation that they will end up taking care of of a woman to some extent. That that doesn't mean, you know, if you truly don't want a partner who is going to do nothing but be taken care of, then don't get one. <laughs> don't because there are so many people who find themselves man I have known so many men that have even when they get to the point where they're like man I should probably leave this relationship it's like but if I leave her she will be homeless and I feel guilty for that because you have now become that woman's father (laughs) and that ain't what you want (laughs) I I feel like I'd sit down and talk with so many men and um and have this conversation of like especially Mm. men with mother issues men Mm. with mother issues that have a pattern of falling for women they have to save because they really wish somebody would have saved their mama and I'm not going to get too (laughs) into that right now but especially the guys that can save like they can save they're fully capable they have all the needs and all the stuff and then they fall and they go for women like they have to save and then resent them. Mm-hmm. And they resent them. Mm-hmm. And it was like, mm-hmm. she was, she was quote unquote helpless when you met her. Mm-hmm. And now you're trying to build her up to make her into a power couple. Mm-hmm. She did not have that in her. Mm-mm. It goes both ways. I'm mm-hmm. really, really just want everybody to sit with themselves before they jump into relationships and ask themselves what are my triggers mm-hmm. in people like what are my people version of a human trigger and what are my actual goals for life and does the type of person I date actually align with any of those goals mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will say me myself had an issue with dating emotionally unavailable men and had had a conversation with myself of like I want vulnerability I want it to feel safe to wear my heart on my sleeve I wanted to feel safe to be all versions of myself. You know, I'm a Gemini. All version of myself in front of this man. Does this person who I love and who I am dating match with that? Nope. I love him. But I be hiding the hell out of my heart. I be telling myself, don't tell him you love him too much because you don't want his head to get too big. What the fuck are we doing? What is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's my own shit. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't mm-hmm. have to get into that right now. Mm-hmm. But sit with yourself, see if what your past even align. Mm-hmm. That's the advice I got for you. Mm-hmm. That's that. All right. I got the next question. So the company I worked for was sold a couple of days ago. The guy that owned it bought it about 20 years ago for around $1 million. 
He just sold it for $90 million. He has never done anything with the business other than buy it. There are about 10 employees and we all have done everything required. The old owner never even set budget constraints. That was all done by my boss. Now I have been literally begging my boss for about two months for everyone in my department to get a pay raise. Average medium salary in my area is about 58K a year. We all make around 30K right now. I was asking my boss to boost us up to $80 an hour, which would bring us to about 36K a year. Still 22K a year less than the average for my area. Normally I wouldn't ask for a raise as it feels selfish to me, but with how quickly the economic inflation is happening here, we are all feeling the loss of buying power. So this month, our last owner pretty much canceled our budget. We haven't even been able to afford gas for the company cars. The message that I got from this is that the old owner wanted to pinch every penny he could out of this place while he sold it. Our old owner said that he was going to give us all a bonus as thanks for our excellent work so that he could sell the business at a premium price. Now that the place is sold, we were told that our bonus checks will be sent out soon. The bonus? $500. I want to refuse the bonus just on principle. The old owner literally made 50K to 100K a month for the 20 years he has owned the business. And we just helped to get it sold for 90 million. I feel like the 500 bonus is two things. One, a payoff to make him feel better about leaving us hanging. And two, an insult. What do you think? P.S. My boss said he is going to try to get us up to $16 an hour, which will put us at $32K a year. Baby, baby, if I'm not anything, how do I accept this? If I'm not anything first, career-wise, I am a social worker. (laughs) If y'all don't rally up, it's 10 of (laughs) y'all. It's 10 of y'all. We can solve this problem real quick. We can solve this problem real quick. If 10 of y'all disappear... And there's a new comfort owner coming in. They don't even know how the shit works. Mm-hmm. There's a huge chance. They don't know who does what, what goes where, how this system works, what has to be done and what. We can solve this problem real. I think we can solve this problem real quick. Organize, unionize, hit on what hurts and take that $500. You up here talking about principle. He don't care <laughs> about the principle. If you really think you are going to send a message, he don't, he's not, he's not going to care. Now you're just out $500. If you really want to say a big F you to him, fuck up the deal. All y'all get together, decide we're not doing this anymore. It's 10 of y'all. You can organize 10 people. Y'all not get paid enough for people to be like, oh, but I can't leave work for a week. 32 as a grown person in America right now? I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that, unfortunately. Yeah. Organize, unionize. Get y'all monies up. And I'm mad at you for saying you just want to get to 36K. Shame on you. Get y'all back to what is the average for y'all area. I really want us to stop thinking about things are nice or mean when it comes to business. If you truly believe you deserve more and you should be earning more, get more. They were not nice when they have y'all out here living. Because 32K, if you have a family, what? five things at the grocery store today and it was $68 (laughs) organize unionize hit them where it hurts don't play nice guy get your money no about your day that's that's Russ's opinion or you can simply leave and go work somewhere else like you can literally leave and work somewhere else I know the economy is hard right now 
they're not paying you anything. You can literally make that at Target right now. But take your money, use that money while y'all protesting, while y'all staging a walkout. <laughs> oh. Anyways, Ashley. <laughs> I agree with everything you said. Because um, also, the idea that it's selfish to ask for a raise is just oh please i want everyone to get rid of that nonsense idea ask for a raise especially if you're working for a, i don't care who you're working for but i'm also saying especially if you're working for a profit earning company like what do they make the monies for if not for you to benefit from it as an employee there like i and hell, i work for a nonprofit now and they, when they do well we do well we get raises we get bonuses we get incentives just for doing a good job Hey, I freaking love it. <laughs> I will never go back to a company that just hoards everything and it's like, well, here you go. Here's a, a fruit basket because we appreciate you. Kiss my ass. So it is not rude. It is not anything to ask for more pay. At your review, you should be asking for more pay. When you find out somebody else got a raise, you ask for one too. Hell, before you even start the job, ask for it. Always be asking for more money. <laughs> Always have a backup plan. Always be ready. Always be ready. Um, and then yeah, I, is this some sort of magical unicorn job? Like, what is the what is so special about it that you must continue to work for this company? Go find something else. It doesn't sound like it's going well anyway. You know, use your time to go find you something else. During your walkout, go on, go check out and help. Use company time to look for another job. <laughs> get on Indeed My right go now. My go-to move when I get pissed off when I work somewhere is to pull up Indeed mid-meeting. <laughs> pull up Indeed mid-meeting. It is almost a coping mechanism for me at this point because I'm like, let me see what else is going on. <laughs> Let yeah. me put recruiter search on. Show my resume. Pop that mug up there. Pop it up there. Because what is the point? Some people are always on the market. Some people literally stay on the market and job hop and do great. So I don't know what sort of job this is that you feel like you don't owe them nothing. You don't owe them anything. And I know sometimes we think about our coworkers because we get really close with them. And we're like, oh, but if I leave the team, you don't owe them nothing either. Okay. Y'all are there to work a job. It's nice to form friendships with people that you work with. But at the end of the day, it's a job. I once worked at a job where I was getting stressed and I was like, did not want to leave because it wasn't my boss's fault. Amazing, amazing, amazing boss. Amazing some of them people was amazing. Some of my team members were really, really amazing. And but the organization was turning to crap. Uh -huh. And I was stressing and I was like really fighting myself on like not to leave. Do you know within a year and a half everybody else left? Uh, it, it ended up being a domino effect. One person left, another person left. I was sitting there getting stressed and I was like, you know, I, I'm hating. I'm having conversations with my boss. Like, yo, I'm starting to really hate this. They're like, <laughs> maybe take FMLA. You know, let's work this through. And I'm like, no, I know it's not true. And they tried their hardest. They did. They fought for us to try to get a raise. They fought for a lot of things, but it was the system as a whole that was broken. Uh -huh. And when I left, I did feel bad. I did feel like, oh, my caseload and who's going to handle it and who's going to, but it got handled. It did. Mm -hmm. And, and then also it made everybody else. I think with each one of us that left, 
it made the other ones kind of like, you know what? I can leave. Yeah. This is not what it originally was anymore. I can leave. Mm-hmm. And it, and that is totally okay. Most of the time, once you finally leave somewhere, most people don't never ever look back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just go. You don't owe that job anything. You don't owe your coworkers anything. You owe your family something. And you owe it to yourself. Like in all things, you have to put yourself first and love yourself first. If you're, if you know your time ain't worth fourteen dollars an hour, your hour. Just think about an hour. And he bought that company for one million and got sold it for ninety million off the work of the y'all <laughs> people. Right. If y'all, please, please, you gotta value yourself more. But yeah, if you sit and you think hmm, I spent a whole hour doing, and what you gonna go do with fourteen dollars with a whole hour of your life? No. Don't let them do you like that. I remember when I graduated from grad school, I took a low paying job because I was in a niche field. I wanted to stay in this niche field. And it, it's it, the jobs in that field were very small. And I was new in the area. I didn't know nobody for real, like career wise. And so me and my partner um, agreed for me to take a lower paying job and just work my way up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool, I'm going to do this. I'm going to network, whatever, whatever. And I had a master's degree and I took a job paying me like 35000 with a master's degree. But I was like, it's okay. I'm a network and I'm making my way up. And I did. Within two years, I was, that was nothing. I, I stayed there for like, I think 10 months. Uh-huh. I don't even think it was 10 months. I think it was like seven months before I networked, got a better paying job and then just able to progress throughout uh, my mm-hmm. career. But every time I went to go get my nails done, I would sit there and be like, this is costing seven hours of my day. Uh-huh. Seven hours of dealing with their bullshit is what it costs for me to get my nails done and my feet. Like it got to the point that like everything I did, I was like, damn, this thing that took them one hour uh-huh. to get paid to do this thing. It took me seven hours to make this. Mm. Thinking like that will have you making very different decisions in life. It will. Yeah. Either you'll be someone that decides, you know what? No, I don't want to pay for this thing. It's not worth it. Or you'll be like, let me get up out of this job because, <laughs> because it's not, it's not worth it. It's it's not, it's just, no. And the economy is rough. I don't, so I know in the area that I'm living in, that I live in, a lot of people are hiring. Everybody don't want her. Like you said, a, a certain amount of money, especially around 30K, you make that at Sam's Club. You make that at Walmart. Like you really, it just is what it is. <laughs> First job in high school, I was paid fifteen dollars an hour, and they talk about they might be able to get you up to sixteen. And don't let your pride and your ego hold you into things too, because I mean that's a thing. You know, when we specialize in certain fields, it's like, well, I. I would never do such and such. Mm-hmm. I do like I and I say this because like I literally have a friend who is doing this now who made an insulting amount of money to do a very difficult job. We did the same job. That job was difficult. I made 20k more and it wasn't damn worth it. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't worth it and I left there. And my friend left that job and went to go damn work at Sam's Club and make the same damn amount of money and ain't no is not stress puts the produce up, has a great time, okay? <laughs> it's like, you know what? 
if this is and and could go do other things and probably make more whatever at this point in their life they're just comfortable being with significantly less stress um the first job they had would have been considered a prestigious you Mm -hmm. know whatever the heck job but it was not worth the effects on your mental health physical health all of the stress and everything that they were we were under because like i said i was there too it was not worth it but yeah in general i've seen people make those decisions where it's just like it's not about this right now it's about this and a lot of times you can go find something somewhere else that will probably give you equivalent and you can save your mental health (laughs) yeah i do not y'all do not let these especially if you work in nonprofit. Do not let these titles keep you stuck. Because they will reward you with t- And they don't think you know what they're doing. I got yeah, the situation as well. Take the title for your resume and then start working on your exit plan. Take the title for your resume. So you can say you had a little time and start working on your exit plan. Because especially nonprofits, other places will too. They will definitely do that to you. They'll reward you. And so you can say you got this big fancy job. Um, same thing. I remember um years ago I was working at a job, working company, and the job was like decent. But me and this person was making the same amount of money, and they were a quote unquote director. They were over like 10 people. They had uh-huh. to be on call. Uh. I wasn't over nobody. Had my own little case though, gotta do my own thing. I was lucky. I had an amazing boss. I had a shuttle that came and got me to the car. Everything like that. <laughs> they, had, they made them pay for their parking. It was like 120 a month. Mm-hmm. Put them over 10 people. How to be on call. Was stressing them out. Stressing them out. And they was like, yeah, but like, because I, I was told them, I remember one time my job had a position open. I was like, yo, it's less stress. <laughs> Why don't you, it's the same thing. And they were like, yeah, but what would people think if I went from a director to just this? And I was like, they'll probably think that your skin is now glowing and you have less grace. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's going to be certain titles and certain things people look down upon. Um, a whole time there's people out here with these big fancy titles making mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. For no reason. The whole point of it is, you don't owe these companies no loyalty. <laughs> you sure don't. You don't owe them no loyalty. Companies are not loyal to you. Companies are not your friends. HR is not your friend. That's all I have on that. Mm-hmm. You said it. All righty. Uh, let's get next question. Yep. How to be better parents if you didn't have a great childhood? Ooh. So it's only after becoming a mother myself that I reflected on my childhood and realized that a lot of it was effed up. I was brought up with almost no emotional input from my parents or siblings. I did exactly as I was told as that was what was culturally expected of me and my mother was very anxious about bad behavior. So I was very fearful of quote, being bad. Both parents worked long hours to make ends meet, had their own stresses, which I can understand shaped their interactions with me. But due to these things, I was brought up very sheltered, discouraged to have friends or a social life or anything that would distract me from school. I will add that there was no physical abuse, just the fear of disappointing my parents by being the wrong thing or by doing the wrong thing. 
Not only did this wipe out any feelings of self-worth or self-confidence, but it has shaped me entirely. I've been very affectionate with my own children, but honestly, it is so difficult for me to understand them emotionally, to empathize with them, to support them. Now I have a DC. I don't know what that means. Darling child. You know how all those mommy apps they have darling husband. Oh, okay. Darling, yeah. Okay. Um, entering the teens and they are all over the place as I am. I don't know how to support them. How do I learn books, courses, what can help? So I'm going to say all of the above, <laughs> all of the above can help. Um, having that realization, I know, well, I'm sure, I mean, I haven't been in the exact situation, but I know that having the realization that the way that you were brought up was not great and did not prepare you for the things that you were currently facing in your life and may have stunted your emotional development. It's a really hard reality. Mm -hmm. um, however, it doesn't have to mean that that's how you'll continue. We can totally learn and adapt and, and, and develop in ways that change that for ourselves and, and for our children. And I firmly believe that. So one, maybe some therapy is always a good start so that you can do that self-reflection to figure it out like just because you were emotionally stunted at a younger age does not mean that you can't develop that side of yourself um to be able to be more empathetic and open towards your own children and definitely heck yeah books there are plenty of books because the thing is this is not a new problem, unfortunately, right? Like there are lots of parents that have these realizations and there are people who have been through it and they wrote a book about it. Mm -hmm. They talked on a podcast about it. They made a blog, a movie, a document. Somebody did it, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody told me like a really good quote the other day. I can't remember it exactly, but it was something like, you think that you're alone in your problems and then you read about them or like something like that. It's like basically like we be thinking like I'm the only one going through this and then we find a book about it. Yeah. Like somebody else has been there and they've written this knowledge down for you to look at and try to figure it out um, as well. So I get it. I get that it's definitely rough, but this does not mean that you can't provide a good childhood for your kids. It doesn't mean that you haven't provided a good childhood for your kids. The self-awareness sometimes automatically puts you a little bit further ahead than where you came from. Or so definitely now that you've had that realization and you can pinpoint what it is, which sounds like you kind of have figured some things out, heck yeah, just get to digging in there. <laughs> get to doing that inner work and figuring out what this is. Empathy, I believe empathy can be taught. Um, there are some people who, for other reasons, lack it. Um, they usually have some sort of diagnoses. <laughs> but for those that do not, I do think it can be taught. I think you can be learned. We teach empathy to children. Sesame Street got videos on empathy. I promise. I've looked it up. They do. Um, <laughs> they do. That is the thing. So, yeah, looking into that, um, conscious parenting is a great place to start with things because it is all about looking within to learn things about yourself so that you can then go forward and share that with your children and help them grow as well. So, yeah. There's parent coaches, there's books, there's classes, there's all sorts of things out there. And I was, yeah, I say all of the above. Yeah. Um, actually, I already touched on all the things you can do on the outside that can help. I think also a good thing, because um, this is something I struggled with. I, I did have a great childhood, but I definitely had parents who did certain things that greatly impact me and greatly uh, cost me a lot of money in therapy. 
That was definitely a thing. And when I had my child, I wanted to be very conscious of that and very aware of that. And what I did is really look at the things that impacted me, how they impacted me, and then figure out what I would need it instead. And then incorporate that into my own parent. So one of the things they talk about in this question is like, I was just so scared of disappointing them. That was a fear I had. And if y'all have listened to the podcast for a while, you know, I'm a pastor's kid. And there was this idea, there was this expectation of how I was supposed to present myself, how I was supposed to act, how I was supposed to do a lot of different things. And um, my parents, that was, they they had no idea it was impacting me in that way at that time, but it did. It made me a very, very anxious child. It made me very, very self-conscious and made me very, very nervous. And so one of the things I did with my daughter or just doing with my daughter uh, that I talk about here all the time is I'm really big on trying to let her be her. I'm really big on trying to correct myself when I feel myself about to, again, my daughter has such a extroverted personality. I'm very much an introvert. So sometimes she'll just like go upside the kids on the playground and be like, hey, my name is blah, blah, blah. And she'll like talk to them. And other kids aren't great at receiving that. Because the person is so big. And I, and I think it can be awkward to other children because they're just like, why are you so talkative? And sometimes I want to go over and stop her and be like, hey, this is a social cue. They don't want to talk. Um, but I've learned to like stop myself to be like, this is her little personality. It's fine. She's not doing this harming to them. That's going to harm her. And here's the thing. She knows that it feels awkward. And I've now witnessed her being like, yeah, it's okay. I'm going to take your hand. Okay. We're, <laughs> we're going to play now. Are you I don't care. She's like, no, I don't care. You shy. I'm going to collect all the shy people and make them my friend. And that's just how she operates. Um, So using that stuff that you know impacted you and asking yourself, what would I have preferred instead? And I do that with a couple of different things. Like there is, I try to make it a point for like my daughter to be able to, and she's young, so it's not a big thing right now, but to talk to me about like crushes and stuff. And I try to have open conversations with her. When she asks me a question, I try to give her the child appropriate, honest answer instead of being because I said so. Mm -hmm. Giving the kids the things that you know impacted them. And then I think also another big thing is, especially when it comes to like a big thing in your childhood being is like, I was afraid to be myself. I wasn't really allowed to be myself is getting to know your child and then pairing them based off of the child that they are. For me, I was a very introverted child. I very much like to be left alone. I very much like to go read somewhere. Um, but my daughter is not. And so like, I talked to her, I talked to her about her day I talked to her about different things I after she gets a punishment I asked her okay what did we learn how do we react and then I learned like for me all you had to do is threaten me with a whooping I wasn't gonna do it because I don't like pain uh -huh. I do not like physical pain and I was like mm, that's it my daughter on the other hand she very much is a person that like you spank her little hand she's like mm. and she's gonna get up and do it again because she don't care she's like I, I eat that <laughs> and she's gonna go about her day but one of the things I did find out it was just like mm, because she's very social if you like be like you're not gonna be able to go with your friends mm -hmm. you're gonna be up in your room all day that is gonna be so actually getting a time to get to know them because I feel like um at least for me and my child that was a huge thing like all of us got parented the same no that's a lie that's a lie the boys were able to do whatever the hell they wanted to do <laughs> I mean, I tell that lie. My, my brother's out here wilding. But 
definitely kind of having a base level of like, this is how we interact. You know, we, my parents didn't do like to get the switch thing, but like, mm-hmm. if it was a matter of like, well, that's the only parenting thing I know, then that's what they got for everybody. Everybody got the same thing instead mm-hmm. of sitting down and being like, ah, you know what? Russ is an individual and I know this is a thing that really matters to Russ. So maybe talk to her in this way or maybe approach her in this way. Taking the things within that you know that you needed and then also getting to know your child to figure out what their needs are, talking to them, communicating with them, and actually let them have some a little bit of input in it. Mm-hmm. I think also when doing like looking at stuff, if you start anything that causes us like significant anxiety, we should probably pause and like look at like, who, why am I feeling anxious while my child seems to be doing something perfectly normal? <laughs> But I also want to point out, you do not have to have already had children to begin this work. If you've noticed something, like if you start having those realizations of like, wow, the way I was raised was kind of wild, or I really was not getting what I needed as a child. And you notice that because it's, it's probably causing a block somewhere. Um, Having kids just fast forwards i think your exposure (laughs) having kids is like y'all wonder why reparenting your inner child has become Uh such a thing Uh and i really believe it became such a thing it's one millennials are kind of like that first whoever the people are before us were the xers gen xers Uh i think we are like the first generation to be like hey (laughs) parents are really angry and and it really affected me in my childhood I don't want to do that and then having kids and having that trigger come out and then recognizing like in ourself like hmm hmm. Uh yeah why am I terrified of that why yeah Uh yeah, I'm not a big believer that's why we are big on reparenting because it's kids are hmm you just be sitting there minding your business and all of a sudden they come trigger you (laughs) they just come trigger you (laughs) Yeah, they, right. So they kind of fast forward things the same way at times, like being in, just, I think being in relation, certain types of relationships with people in general, especially people you love in your life can just cause stuff to come out of you and fast forward experiences that you wouldn't think about. You was able to just sit in your little bubble by yourself, yeah. toddle about your world. No one ever challenged you. You might not have noticed it. <laughs> but, um, but I said, say, yeah, you don't actually have to have began, begun your journey as a parent to do this work. If yeah. you are realizing, and sometimes it can cause because, and I say that because sometimes it can cause people to be anxious about even having kids. That yeah. question of, am I going to be able to do a good job? How would I know what a good job looks like? I didn't even have, you know, a great experience myself. Um, so I may as well not even try. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily true. Yeah. You can work through these things. You can change your future. You do not have you do not have to be stuck in whatever you were raised with. A lot of the people that I know that do not want kids, um, but love children. It's usually that. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying all of them. And there's definitely mm-hmm. the group that's just like, no, because I like to travel, I like to go places, I don't want to bring little snotty hands with me. Get it. Me either. <laughs> wife now. But <laughs> That's the thing. But I do know a lot of people that when I, I dated this guy, oh my gosh, I dated this guy. And this was a thing because he had all these plans that like involved like 
mentoring young boys and like making sure they get out of the hood and like all these different things like that. And I was like, why don't you want kids then? Mm -hmm. And, you know, at first it was just, you know, because I'm on the go, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you want to go to take care of other people's kids? Like, what, what's happening? But what it came down to was one, his parents made parenting look so horrible and exhausting. Like every time they talked about it, it was just like, Cause, can't do nothing because y'all, Mm -hmm. y'all just mm -hmm, you know because you know like kids just really stopped their whole entire life mm -hmm. and then the other side of it was they had so much anxiety because they were like I don't know my parents did this and I don't do that to a kid I'm like so you don't have to it's, you, you can just choose not to do that to a kid mm -hmm. I don't know what other things to do you can learn you can learn mm -hmm. other things it's, it made me think about, um, I remember seeing a TikTok of a guy like doing an example of that where his parents are like, why, when are you going to give us some grandbabies? And then it was like a flashback to his dad being like, do you know how hard I have to work for you ungrateful, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, you're absolutely right. A lot. <laughs> Unfortunately, there are lots of people who've had that experience of their parents talking about how they have essentially ruined their lives and are ungrateful little bastards and they've done everything they can for them. And I work my back to the bone. And the idea of like, mm, I don't want to do that. Yeah, that was horrible. I don't want to sacrifice my whole future. I'm thinking, <laughs> no, my, my mother especially has always made like having kids sound like amazing. Like, oh, it's the best thing. I told y'all, like, I just convinced her like last year to take my picture off her headline. Her uh -huh. <laughs> She's just so happy being a mom. I promise you, if I she could it. find a, a shirt with my picture on it, mm -hmm. that would be her. If I had ever got famous one day, she would have like a whole room just dedicated to me. Like this is I'll her poster. This is a cutout. I just took it from the movie theater when the movie. I keep came. every newspaper article. I keep every newspaper That's article. That's yeah. cute. Writing little angry messages to people in Instagram comments. Those are her real tits. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely have to have the conversation where like, please stop arguing with people in the comments. Okay. Leave that alone. I feel like definitely my mom tried to give me, I feel like my mom tried to give me like a realistic, like, I love you. You're the best thing, but this shit has not been easy. <laughs> Just very much. But also my mom had me young. And so she would yeah. emphasize more so stuff like that. Like, if you're going to do this, yeah. don't do it the way I did it. Don't do yeah. it at 20 with with the with a uh i was gonna say something unkind about my daddy but yes with <laughs> i encourage it oh. <laughs> don't do it in my age with a deadbeat like don't yeah. do that you know um try to do something different <laughs> and no uh, but you know what that's also the difference too looking at like what your parents what was going on when they actually had y'all because my i was the last child my parents had me in their 30s my parents mm -hmm had all their education they had their jobs they were like so yeah so my mom was like yeah that's the best thing but also at the time like for the first like six years of my life all my aunties and uncles lived within like five minutes of each other so like mm -hmm. you always had support you always had somebody to watch the kids matter mm -hmm. of fact there I have core memories of me being like four and a group of like five of my cousins that was just walking to different houses mm-hmm mm-hmm because Anita about to go to work. So let's walk to Auntie Ann's house. Mm -hmm. Just different things like that. So it made a difference. Yeah, no. No, that's really, that's really a valid point. So yeah, 
You don't have to repeat what your parents did. Um, Allow them some grace for the experiences that they had and what they may have been going through. But yeah, you're definitely not doomed to um, anything you've previously been taught. You can unlearn anything. You can relearn new stuff. You are a dynamic individual that is capable of change. Yep. All right, guys, this is our last question. Hi, this is my first post here. I was just wondering if I could get some opinions, please. So basically, my husband has had a crush on a woman we both know for years. I know it. All his friends know it. She knows it. Even her husband knows it to some degree. Recently, I was having a chat with her and she told me she fancied one of my husband's close friends. I pushed her to answer what she thought of my husband and she didn't fancy him whatsoever. I basically thought this was hilarious. I couldn't wait to go home and tell him after all the years of little comments about her looks, trying to wind me up, etc. So I told him and he looked absolutely devastated. He kept asking me to repeat exactly what she said. He said he was gutted, but I wouldn't understand. It's a guy thing. This was over a week ago and ever since he's been really quiet and not himself. Almost like he's sulking. I don't get what the problem is as we're both married and so is the woman he fancies. So it's not like anything would happen even if she did like him. On one hand, I feel a bit sorry for him as his ego has obviously taken a hit. But on the other hand, why should he care that any woman, what any woman thinks of him when he's married to me? With two children, I'll add as well. Girl, you knew what you was doing. (laughs) (laughs) You knew what you was doing. (laughs) Try to play. What you was doing. You know what you was doing. Also, like... Why is this a thing? Is this is this a norm? I, like, are y'all up here being like, oh my gosh, I have such a crush on them. And then every time they pass, babe, ain't he fine? <laughs> Miss Hill, you could never. Like, is that normal? Because I don't perceive it as normal. Okay. Um, I don't even think it's too cute when people joke and be like, I'll be with you as long as ha ha. Like, um, my boyfriend tried to joke like that. He said something like, unless Doja Cat wants me. And I was like, she's the most basic ass looking bitch. Why don't you just leave me for some shit? <laughs> like, that shit pissed me off beyond belief because I was like, a lot of these women, that are, they're just famous. I can find you 10 other bitches that look like her. And so is that who you will leave me for? Do you think that's funny? <laughs> I ended that shit. <laughs> Let me tell you how I ended this conversation once. There was a guy I was dating. We were in a long, like, we were together for, like, years. And this is during a time, I don't know if you remember, but, like, there was a period in, like, the early 20-teens where people were like, okay, you can have a, a cheat list of, like, selecting, mm-hmm. like if, if you get a chance. And so he's, like, telling me his cheat list, and his is, like, Halle Berry, Beyonce, you know, stuff like that. And he's, okay, bae, what's your cheat list? I named Atlanta rappers that I have actual access to. <laughs> Looked dead in his eye mm-hmm. and was like, him, you know, the one I told you I saw last week. Mm-hmm. This one, you know, the one who is always in this area where I am always at. This, those are the three that I want on my cheek. <laughs> Be sure they down real quick. Uh huh. Real quick because <laughs> you don't have a chance with Halle Berry. I got mm-hmm. a chance with your favorite producer. <laughs> <laughs> Are you really want to play these games? Now, I absolutely don't desire to cheat on this man whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Why are we? Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why are you playing with me? You know my petty level. Anyhow, yeah, yeah. So I'm, okay. I'm gonna vote so for not normal because okay, ain't no way in hell. 
Ain't no way in hell, but you know, to each their own. Yeah, that is just weird to me. Also, this is just a regular woman that we both know that we're all in the same circle. Ain't no way in hell. Ain't no way in hell. Um, so but my my biggest thing is girl, you knew that's why you were so excited to run home to tell him you wanted to crash that man's dreams. And good for you. Good for you. <laughs> I'm ashamed of you for feeling bad about it. That's where I that is where I am confused. Mm -hmm. i'm confused at the beginning because why is this a thing and then i'm clap clap at you for like dashing this man's hopes but like then we circle back to confusion because why are we now mad mm -hmm. what did you expect him to you expect him to take it on the chin but, well i guess that was that crush yeah he's gonna be devastated this is the love of his life <laughs> <laughs> this woman has fueled his fantasies oh child bye he had plans for when you died. Uh -huh. How dare you take that away from him? He, he probably had fantasies that started with when both our spouses die. We'll comfort one another. Girl, and don't let her husband die before you. He had plans. He had plans for you. I gotta stop watching Oxygen. But <laughs> like... <laughs> but like, yeah. I... Why, yeah, you... Why does he care? Because that he he wants that woman. Mm -hmm. He is with you, yes, with two children, beautiful children. I'm I'm assuming. Um, but it sounds like that that was his dream girl, and and now you've killed the dream. It's full circle moment. Going back to our what second question, uh, resentment, mm -hmm. resentment. That's what you're. But that's probably what you're dealing with. That's probably what he's feeling here. That's that's probably what you're dealing with. Ashley I, yeah I'm gonna say obviously this was not like a little cute playful crush um and another part of me is like I mean this is kind of what y'all argue for letting this go on for years because it just was it just was not cute I I don't get it <laughs> and maybe someone will write to us and be like it's totally normal me and my partner give and gab about people we have crushes on all the time I think it's weird I don't think it should have ever been allowed to carry on that long. And so, yeah, he really built himself up. And like we were saying, he, yeah, he really built himself up that it was a possibility. At some point, you were probably the only reason that he was not with her. He's like, it's you, you're in the way. And now he's learned that there was never a chance in hell. There was never a path. There was no There's way. Never... And honestly, that's so childish on the other hand. <laughs> I think that it's just, it's just so childish. But apparently yeah it's, it seems like he had more than just like whatever you may have thought it was i guess like it was just like a fun fun flirty little thing um even the conversation you had with her well what do you think of my husband what what, girl, what is that what girl. is that so what if she'd have been like i sucked the skin off like what was you gonna do <laughs> i want to understand baby, were you gonna go tell him that baby don't you get in no coma <laughs> was you gonna run home and tell him that I, I would like to know i you should you should not have been encouraging this behavior <laughs> no so it's so funny you said that because there was a part of me when you're reading that that first went she might be lying to you because like why would i tell your wife <laughs> mm -hmm. girl <laughs> like what was she going to say but no I, I, she probably really doesn't i mean she's she probably really doesn't know. yeah she, she, she's not thinking she married she, she she looking at the homeboy with her married self like yeah it's 
how do you feel though if you're like hey hey what do you think about my husband you're like he's a big dork <laughs> like what does that do for you and your ego obviously nothing she's not concerned about it she just wanted to go bust her husband's bubble like <laughs> she hates you <laughs> what do you think you're upset <laughs> yeah i don't know the whole thing is strange again I, I think it was strange to allow this fantasy to have gone on for so long and to have did played along with it with him i think the conversation with the woman was strange it's so um sad. she probably thinks y'all are strange yeah well no People, she up here talking to another well, woman about not. another man no she also knows you married like it's it's all weird but I don't know because sometimes people can feel when people have weird crushes on them and they're just like I mean the fact that they still I don't know you know what you are right (laughs) because I've definitely had a situation I've definitely had situations where I'm like let me let me crush their little hopes real quick and just sit next to them and be like yo brother (laughs) (laughs) he can get it anyways I'll see you next week (laughs) 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 like hopefully I did enough damage there yeah because I need this he weird stopped, shit to He can stop asking me cryptic questions. Because I can't imagine how awkward that would be. So he's already a little bit flirty. And now here you come. So what do you, what do you think about my husband? Look, the setup. She, for all we know, she might have been like, you know what? Why do I keep attracting couples? Um, <laughs> weird shit. She's like, I have a crush on a whole nother guy who is also not my husband. Yeah. Gosh. I don't know, but I don't like yours. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's all weird. Um, <laughs> I'm not even sure if there's a why. Why I don't even. So hold on. What's the actual oh. question? Yeah, what's her question? Why I guess he just wants to know. I don't get what the problem is. The problem is you just. He told him that the love of his life does not want him. Yeah. He's yeah. heartbroken. Give him mm. space. <laughs> Let him grieve. What could have been? How mm-hmm. selfish of you. Because <laughs> that's quite something. Yeah. Why would he care? Yeah. Why should he? Care? You're right. Oh. Why? Why should he? But he does. And again, y'all been playing this. I game feel like we me. should just name this the breakup episode because the whole episode is <laughs> like, maybe you should leave. <laughs> <laughs> Even the job question was like, I don't know, but like, maybe you should leave. Maybe you should leave that job. Mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like again it's not cute i would have shut that shit down the first look i want all y'all to have lovers and loves that look at you like you are what the stars and the moon is made out of mm-hmm. have you ever had somebody look at you like the stars and the moon? it's such an amazing feeling and mm-hmm. i just want that for y'all yeah. i just want y'all, i want that for y'all i don't want y'all out here men women Everybody in between. The disrespect. This is what comes with trying to be too cool. Like, I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cool with everything. It, it, it. I have left, I have totally dropped that persona. I'm not cool with certain shit. I'm willing to let you know that I'm not. You can call me whatever, but you're not going to talk crazy in my face. <laughs> Learn whenever, something for him. <laughs> whenever, like, a guy friend, like, makes it known, like, oh i have feelings for you and you know you're just so cool and laid back i am a laid back friend i am very much mm-hmm. i got things to say girlfriend mm-hmm. just, just understand that that coolness comes from me not having feelings for you the moment i get feelings <laughs> right there right there you're gonna hear this mouth you know 
Because mm-hmm. it's just certain homies, shit. And you uh-huh. like, oh, she got an amazing body. I'm like, she do. She bad. The minute we the minute we leave that category, she got an amazing body. Square up. What is we doing? <laughs> what is we doing? Who is you talking to? <laughs> Who is you talking to like you crazy? Not okay. I'm not with. I just yeah. I everybody looks. Ha, ha, ha. Kiss my ass. Not you. Y'all are right. Again, it's. I feel like it's disrespectful. I don't. I don't care. I, Yo. <laughs> I'm no. not trying to be um to be honest with you. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. This is what happens. This type of nonsense, we don't have fathers in the home. <laughs> <laughs> Teaching their damn sons how to act. You know what I'm saying? You know, they teach them certain shit like, you know, don't comment on a woman's body like this, or don't say those rules are for your safety. And someone should have taught you. <laughs> Oh gosh! Oh man! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, good mm-hmm. luck with that marriage. You know. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? As he smokes over his y'all. long loss. What the fuck? Mm mm. Mm mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I like he Aquarius, but you know, I'm I'm gonna leave that alone. Believe that bouncing around. Don't make that man an Aquarius. Ooh. That man is Aquarius. That man is Aquarius Sun, the Scorpio Moon. No, he's some. I don't know what the Gemini he's Venus. Some sort of low ego having sign. This is also why people need to have like wise count. Like, tell your friends that you're like, and I told my wife this, ha ha ha, and they would be like, bruh, why the fuck would you say that to your wife? What kind of crazy shit is that? <laughs> If you have friends that do that, because again, she says all the friends know, and the husband also knows. The husband of the woman also knows. And he probably knows that she cannot stand him, and he's like, "They're gonna be a boyfriend, so she can cringe." <laughs> That's how they're joking. <laughs> Meanwhile, he over here telling, comparing you to her ass. Are you kidding me? I just. <laughs> I know. And I bet you him and the husband look nothing alike. Like the husband is probably like six two, lumberjack feel, <laughs> like just nice thick beard. Just gorgeous. <laughs> just gorgeous. Just look like he's supposed to be on a on a on a brawny paper towel. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and his ass look like Peter all family guy and just like <laughs> one day. But anywho. Yeah. Anywho. So that's all we have for today's episode. <laughs> we hope you guys enjoy. You can follow us on Instagram at She Wolf Alchemy. You can find us on TikTok at She Wolf Alchemy Podcast. Yeah, at She Wolf Alchemy Podcast. And we ask that you like, share, and leave a review. And yeah, that's all we got for today's episode. We have a new one for you next Sunday. Bye. Bye.